This is the Tech EU podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories from the European tech scene. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasting fix these days. On today's episode, Tech.eu founder Robin Valter sits down with SumUp co-founder Mark Alexander Christ. Hey, this is Robin Wart from Tech.eu, and I'm joined here remotely, of course, by Mark Alexander Christ, uh, who goes by name Mark, uh, usually uh, co-founder of SumUp, which has some really, really big news to announce uh, today. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. But first of all, congratulations for 10 years of SumUp. Hey, Robin, thank you very much for having me on the show, and very nice to see you again. I think last time we met in person was like at least four or five years ago, um, so it's great to reconnect, and I really look forward to doing this in person next time. Yeah, likewise. I mean, it's been ages, but uh, stupid pandemic, of course, I got in the way. Uh, but 10 years of sum, sum up, that's quite exciting. Uh, do you see? Do you remember the early days at all? Very much, very much. It feels like yesterday. I think team, time is flying these days. We started out back in 2012 with a vision to help small merchants be successful in what they do, um, basically solving all of the problems we have as a small merchant. And then pretty quickly, we realized that uh, that's a pretty big space. And then we somehow looked at the smallest common denominator, which we identified as payments, because in any commercial activity, there's always a payment involved, and payment is very, very painful, and uh, was a luxury product for merchants when we started out. And uh, then we launched a very easy solution for small merchants to accept card payments at the point of sale, um, which we expanded to 35 countries. And today, we have like more than 4 million merchants on our platform using our solution, and based on their success, where we have those merge relationships, more recently, we've been building out the platform to also include more financial services and software that I'll tell you a little bit more about as we go along. Absolutely. Well, you, you have come a long way. I still remember SumUp sort of as, as the dongle company, right? Like card readers, modern card readers for, for smartphones and the point of sale systems. Uh, but back when you launched, I remember there, there were a couple of entrants in market. There was Pay11 uh, from the Rocket Internet family. Square, of course, was an early entrant as well. Um, how did you manage to sort of compete against those and make your ways of to, to, especially in Europe, uh, you, you expanded quite quickly, I remember, in the first few years. Um, how did you manage to hold your ground? So, so first of all, you need to appreciate it's a marathon and not a sprint. I think we were the first ones to launch on mainland Europe, um, except maybe another small play in the Nordics. Um, and then in the first couple of months after launch, there were at least like 15, 20 competitors springing up all across Europe. Um, trying to build an easy solution with accepting card payments. But then as time passed, people realized that it's much more difficult to do this. You don't only need the dongle to connect to the phone, but you need to have the whole infrastructure in the background, um, how to onboard merchants efficiently, how to service them, how to have the whole payment processing. Um, we also have an e-money license that uh, we are basically a regulated uh, entity uh, helping those small merchants. And then uh, with the challenge that uh, people encountered building out those solutions, more and more left the market um, to a point where actually in 2016, there were three of us left. Um, and you just referred to Pelevin, which by now is actually a sum up company. We merged uh, back in 2016, which is a very funny feature because we kind of grew up uh, in the same neighborhood um, and had very good overlap in terms of countries and actually launched on the same date, uh, which I think was 28th of uh, August 2022, because we actually saw on the Facebook website where some P11 intern announced 48 hours to go. And then we somehow thought, obviously, we're going to launch before you. So we launched at like 9 a.m. and they launched at like 11 a.m. Um, and <laughs> from there, it always showed that we 
we were meant to to stay together there. And I think with that, by now we're the only competitor really independent in that space. Yeah, the people from Sweden have been uh, absorbed by uh, um, PayPal, um, and I think there's. If you think about what we're doing, the point of sale card acceptance, incubants in that space usually are like one, two, maybe three markets. Like the the I don't know the first data is in the UK and Germany and the US, obviously, and the Germans sometimes go to Austria and Switzerland. The French go to Belgium. Um, but there's nobody really doing this at a global scale. And we do some 35 markets. And I think the next largest player is like 10 markets or so at the point of sale. So we have like a very different competitive environments in the different markets, um, which makes us uh, very special. And I think gives us a very, very good position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the it world. seems like you're really positioning yourself sort of as a one-stop um, shop financial partner for SMEs, um, which is a relatively hard thing to build because you need, you know, from beyond payments, you need uh, to be a business bank, you need invoicing solutions. Uh, uh, you, you even allow your clients to set up online stores, I saw. Um, so that's quite a broad sector already. How, how far do you sort of from the inside um, consider yourself to be in that journey to become that one-stop shop partner? I think we had a very, very good point. So just to reiterate, the first five, six, seven years, we said payments, payments only. Um, we want to be the strongest in payments, which was obviously the car. That's a good entry point. Exactly, yeah. good, good entry point we have because you acquire like thousands of merchants every day to the platform and you solve a very good problem for them and you have very good unit economics with that. And now that we have those 4 million merchant relationships, we do realize that there's much more we can help them with. And when you th think about software, I think the most exciting piece is really the register. So the one that kind of does your fiscal compliance and is kind of the brain of your business. Um, and once you have that one established, it's very easy to then have this nicely integrated, obviously, with the payments piece. But then also from there, once you have your product in the register, just launch an online store in one click. Um, also integrate this nicely in your invoicing solution. So kind of send invoices out of the solution and have them paid as well remotely and so on. We have, uh, and especially now with the uh, COVID, where a lot of our merchants were very hard hit especially during the first lockdown um, and you had to stay home and you somehow had to pivot your pizza place from a eat-in restaurant to a delivery restaurant. And it's very easy with like a push of a button kind of op open online store delivery solution um, for those small merchants. I think there was a big, big push for digital product adoption for small merchants once they had to sit at home uh, and kind of reinvent their business. And obviously now as they open up, they're probably better set and have a more diversified income stream as they have. And I think the third angle, when we say like payments, software, and financial services, is we're now, open, uh, we're now offering also a, a merchant account with a MasterCard attached and IBAN attached. So while you're, you've been able for 10 years to kind of manage your pay-in money through the card reader, now you can, you're also able to manage your expenses and your payouts and basically run your whole business on the, on the somehow eager infrastructure. Yeah, uh, this whole process of diversification of your your services that you offer to your customers was that driven largely by COVID, or were you already sort of underway and ready to to switch very quickly when the pandemic? It, it's actually very funny because it was our original idea when we started out in 2012. It was already a slide that had like payments at the center, and then it had like all the software services around it. Um, but then back then we realized we're just a small startup, we're just starting out. If we now undertake all of those things, we're definitely going to fail. Um, and then we basically focus on payments for a number of years. And once we had like a pretty big uh, mode or successful business built on the payment space, that gave us the resource and the freedom to kind of start investing in, in all of those other things. 
And because we had those very good merchant relationship, we also understood much, much better what they needed. So I think today, when you think very much about the long tail, like the very smallest of smallest of merchant, we have the perfect solution to kind of do the roundup of all of your needs. And then as you get larger, because I know you do 100,000 euros in sales in your online store, then you might need a more complex uh, inventory solution, for example. And there we have a very strong partner network. We have like more than 3,000 partners that kind of build on the sum up payment or wider ecosystem that then kind of allows you to switch on other products um, on top of the summer products. Yeah, great to hear. Um, that brings us to the news of today. Uh, you announced a round of funding uh, close to 600 million euros worth, uh, about half of which is equity, half of which is debt funding uh, at an 8 billion euro evaluation. Uh, just to sum up the facts, so that's quite an achievement, especially in the middle of a downturn. Uh, so my, own, my 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 gut reaction when I see announcements like this these times is, when did you actually start fundraising, and when did it actually close? So it's, it, first of all, I'd love to mention that we mainly did this in order to prove that we can raise funds even in this environment, because we haven't really raised equity in the last six, seven, five, six, seven years, I would say, um, because uh, we've been last year, as you've seen. We announced the debt funding of 750 million. So we did, because we are very special, let's say, cash flow profile or investor profile, we've been actually able to finance our growth through debt, which is very, very, very special. At the same time, equity investors were very much aware of SumUp. And uh, we built investor relationships over the last couple of years, uh, last five, six years, actually, where I literally felt bad with people that come by and visit us and learn more about SumUp. And then every time I had to say, yeah, sorry, this year we don't do equity. Um, but we'll keep you in mind. Uh, so there was quite some good investor demand, I have to say, that we wanted to show that that's uh, that we have the support from the investor community, and that's why we raised this round in the current environment. And I think we started probably three, four months ago. I would say these things always take a little bit longer than you plan, but uh, yeah, yeah, worked out well. Uh, I did read somewhere that the valuation uh, ended up being lower than you, what you were shooting for. Is that true? Well, we didn't. It's twenty times from from what our last valuation came from. I don't. If you think about it, really, we raised three hundred million equity. So the dilution on an eight billion euro valuation, it's not like that's the most important factor. I actually believe it's a very strong statement to have a put a valuation uh, on paper in the current environment. Because that's the valuation that people very much believe in. And that if you think about future M&A uh, or similar actions is also a very hard currency. Well, if you would have a valuation from Q3 2021, um, I think people would feel much less confident around that valuation uh, and yeah. question this much more. So I'm actually very, very happy that we've been able to achieve what we did um, and show a nice uptick from where we came from. No, that's a good point. Uh, so what are you going to use the money it's for? For Actually, for nothing, to be honest. Uh, the, the, so we, we're very close to break even, so we don't really need the money. Um, and we just keep this as like a security buffer with an upcoming recession uh, maybe looming. Also, if you think about the environment to, today, there will definitely be a ton of companies that will be strapped for cash, um, which will make for some very good M&A um, activity. So it's better to have a little bit more uh, funds on the bank account once this environment kind of goes in that direction. Yeah, literally just making your war chest a bit bigger just in case. Indeed. Uh, okay. And in terms of acquisitions, uh, because you have made uh, made a couple of acquisitions in the past, five stars, uh, Pay11, which you mentioned. Um, what do you look for uh, specifically? Is there, are there certain 
markets that you want to enter through acquisitions? Is it mostly tech? Is it mostly to diversify your product range even more? Uh, where is this going? So we've done 10 acquisitions over our time, over the time. Um, the first one was the Pelevin one, which obviously was very transformational for the business. And there the idea was just, obviously, the business were very, very similar. So there's a ton of synergies and a big, uh, big upsizing that actually made us the biggest in the European markets uh, at the time and a very good base to to grow from because it also allowed us to become uh, cash flow positive um, back in 2016. Since then, we've done a number of product acquisitions to really build out the ecosystem. So while we have probably the best people to build payments products um, in order to build an invoicing solution or an online store solution or a register solution, you need people with a different mindset and a different experience level in that space. Um, so we've been able to uh, attract some of the best companies in the space and integrate them very, very nicely into the SumUp ecosystem. It's very important for us that we're not becoming a, a private equity house that owns like 10 different companies that are completely unrelated. Uh, but in fact, they're all nicely integrated. So as a small merchant, you create products uh, on uh, or you, your own items in one product and kind of syncs through the whole ecosystem. You have one reporting, one onboarding and all of those those good things. Um, and when you think about, so the three things we're thinking about is obviously just acquiring for size um, payments assets, then acquiring products in the larger small merchants ecosystem. So anything that um, small merchants find interesting. Um, and then obviously also going international um, is also one we haven't really done yet, but that's definitely something we would consider. Yeah, you say you haven't done it yet, but in the meantime, you're active in 35-ish uh, markets. You just launched in Peru, so it's not just Europe, of course. Um, but what does it mean you haven't gone international yet? Does it just mean you haven't really stepped on gas yet? No, in terms of merger acquisitions uh, international. So gotcha. we, I mean, we, so we, you, we, you might make acquisitions just to just to expand to new markets and just take market share that way. Exactly. So I mean, we acquired uh, Five Stars as the as the US based uh, West Coast company, um, but then we were already in the US market, so that strengthened our US com, uh, US uh, st standing. But there's a couple of markets across across the world where we actually have good friends as a mono country uh, provider in that country, that might be a very good acquisition as we go along. Great. So what markets are you looking at in terms of international expansion? Is, is it still in Europe? Is it the US? Is it Southeast Asia? Well, the, the reality is actually today with the 35 markets we cover, it's like half of the, every second transaction in the world happens in the markets we are in. Um, so there's, at the same time, I do believe that small merchants are underserved all across the world because you always have the same structure where incubants overcharge you have bad technology solutions and so on so the any new market that we go to we always see a ton of potential um today we are in the whole of europe um in the then the us obviously and then in latam we are in uh, brazil chile peru and colombia and i think there's still a couple of more uh, latin american countries um, to look at um, at the same time i also see quite some potential in going east um, probably somewhere in Southeast Asia or Australia, New Zealand, but it's a little bit early to to announce that one. Um, but we'll probably have news somewhere in the future. We actually have a dedicated, first of all, we build our whole platform in like microservices and we have like a dedicated expansion team that's able to kind of launch new countries without even disturbing the main organization. So they have regulatory experts, they have technical experts and they scout the world and say, okay, now I want to go to that country. And then three to six months later, that country goes live. We have like a small team incubating the country. And once they kind of run at the same same tone than the rest of summer, they're kind of reintegrated into the into the main market machine. 
and that's a very very good recipe for for expansion and i think we're on a run rate of doing like two or three countries a year and actually looking to probably accelerate that pace super interesting setup you have there um, and is, is europe still the main sort of driver of the business is most of the revenue still coming from the european market europe is still a very very strong uh, strong uh, portion of our business and it's also still growing very very fast so we're growing 60 percent plus uh, year over year uh, at the moment and europe is growing pretty much in line with that growth rate so there's still a ton of potential even from our main product the uh, just card acceptance with a smart with a card reader for small merchants but then we're actually now seeding all of the new products to then enter into new hyper growth phases with all of those new products as we go along yeah well four million smbs is nothing to sneeze at but of course there are many many tens of millions of uh of smbs more in the world so a lot of work got out for you uh, even after 10 years um so you mentioned earlier that you were approached by different investors over the years uh, i'm sure you've also been approached by large companies looking to buy assets uh, you mentioned earlier isel being acquired by paypal i'm sure you had conversations uh, with that company and other question, uh, companies as well um is there a reason that that hasn't happened yet or was it just not good timing so first of all we very much believe in the consolidation of that space but we also see ourselves very much as as the consolidator of that space so i, uh, I we actually have like surprisingly little uh, i would say inbound interest of people that want to acquire some up because I think from day one, we are, we are signaling very, very strongly that we want to stay independent and that we are the ones uh, basically consolidating the market there. Um, so nothing nothing happened there. And I think also with the size we reached now, uh, the number of players that would buy us are very, very small, just of the pure pure numbers game out there. Yeah. yeah. And what about an IBO, IPO? Is that in the cards? Because you're close to break even, you mentioned. Uh, your numbers are good. You're in growth markets. You're in growth phase. Is that, so a, is that First of all, we, we're, we're here to run the, the company for the long ter term. We've start, been doing this for the last 10 years, and I'm pretty sure that I'll be around another 5 to 10 years. Um, and what we really want to build is like an eternal company that kind of rejuvenates itself uh, and, and basically lives forever. Um, at the same time, an IPO is a is a not unlikely step, I think, on our on our uh, journey. At the same time, the current market is not the most exciting, um, and also we enjoy very very good access to private capital, both on the equity side and on the debt side. So the the whole need of doing IPO at the moment is not not at least there's no pressure on that topic. Uh, existing uh, investors are very very excited, happy to support us for the last ten years. And a couple of them actually even kept on investing in the current round, which is a very strong token to the support we have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you look back on the last 10 years of SumUp, what is the, the biggest mistake that you've made uh, as a business? I think we've done plenty of mistakes uh, uh, over the years. Uh, the, the lucky thing is that we did probably more good things than bad things. <laughs> yeah, that's how you yeah. survive. Just exactly. how you survive. Yeah. <laughs> if, you don't miss, if you don't make mistakes, uh, you 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 don't uh, you don't do anything, and you just need to make sure that you do more things right than than wrong. Yeah. Anything but, in particular that springs to mind in terms of the wrong assumptions about market or product? There's, I mean, not wrong assumption, but our first card reader, for example, didn't accept Visa cards for for the first uh, two years or so, which made us a, a product that worked in a few markets, but in most of the Visa heavy market didn't make us the most successful product, and we kept on uh, kept on hacking at it and resiliently developing the next generation of card reader that then was able to to work with that one 
Um, so in terms of competitive landscape, you mentioned already that there aren't a lot of companies of your scale in this in this sector. At the same time, I'm thinking if you diversify into business banking, which you are, I can also see some of the really big business banks, including the neobanks, uh, you know, also with flush with money and high valuations, diversifying into your sector. Uh, do you see any strong competition coming from that side or do you not look at it uh, like that? We, I mean, I think the reality is the strongest competition we still have is cash where people just say, I want to do pen and paper, get cash and don't pay taxes um, there. If you then think about the the competitive space from the incumbents, I think all of them try to enter our space and have never been able to make the unit economics work or go to a, recent, a decent side. So I don't see that one happening. happening. When you now hint towards the, the, the neobank players, I actually do believe that we're probably one of the largest... Uh, business-focused neobanks out there because the business focus makes you a little bit different than the uh, than most of those neobanks that all of us know out there. Um, and I also think the building hardware and doing payments at the point of sale is slightly more exp uh, more difficult than just sending your plastic card and hoping that you use my card instead of your card um, there. So I do think we have a pretty good competitive advantage in this space and also build out a very strong brand that merchants uh, trust in. So I would say at least short term over the next two, three years, I'm pretty confident that then that uh, we are best positioned in that market. And then in the long term, everybody will be dead in the long term. We'll see how that one goes. <laughs> Interesting viewpoint. Um, you're now at around 3,000 uh, employees, I think uh, I read somewhere. Um, what do you reckon uh, that's going to be like at the end of this year with the new funding? So for, first of all, I want to do a big shout out to all of the summers. Um, because those are the ones that help us fulfill our vision and and help small merchants um, be successful. And we've been able to acquire to attract uh, terrific people all across the world to sum up. So we have like three thousand people in probably twenty offices across the world, and we have a very very strong company culture. I feel where literally we are super decentralized. So you have like all kind of different tribes, um, and they're all spread out through the world. So by nature, they should have different cultural backgrounds, but it doesn't matter which office you enter across SumUp, you always feel like a very, very strong SumUp culture and people that think the same way and execute on the strategy the same same way. Um, and I think we'll just continue continue growing our business. Obviously, as we keep on building out the solution and uh, entering new new products, um, we will need more people. And we're, we're I think we're now at a point where we're becoming a bit of a talent magnet um, where we're actually getting the best and the brightest across the world to sum up. Nice to and hear. a shout out to everybody we're hiring. So please apply. <laughs> yeah, actually on that. No matter where you are. <laughs> on that, what, what can people expect? Like you mentioned company culture, but of course that's probably changed quite a bit because of the pandemic as most companies have. Uh, how do you sort of position yourself in terms of company culture? Why should people come work for sum up? So the, the, the three cultural values that we are very strong on is founders mentality as in just do stuff um, and, and uh, basically take responsibility and grow and be empowered. Then uh, team first, because we believe much more magic is done in groups. Um, and then also we care because we have a very strong caring element for our merchants, but also for each other and also for the environment. So I think, uh, and, and we actually by now figured out that we are looking for like a special kind of people at SumUp because there's very little rules and boundaries but also directions on what you should do. So you need really people that kind of like the empowerment, grab the opportunity, 
and then just do stuff. And I think by now we've been able to to make this relatively clear both in our recruitment and in our onboarding um, onboarding exercises. So we've been able to attract some very, very good people to sum up. Great. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining us uh, in the first place. Congrats on a decade of sum up. Congrats on the funding round. It was very nice to catch up. And I wish you all the best for the future. Robin, it has been fun. Also for all the small merchants out there, buy this beautiful device. It's the iPhone of payments. <laughs> and uh, you'll never need any other technology as a small merchant. There you go. Free advertising. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks a lot. And that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you liked our show, follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu and they will most certainly be ignored. <laughs> <laughs>